I freaking love this song, man. Oh my God. This is Take It All Back 2.0 by Judah and the Lion. And Dan still does not give the aux cord. It's fine. You know what's funny? It's all good. Before before we start recording, I was about to, like I felt my tongue formulate the sentence of, Amar, what do you want? But then I was like, no, 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 no. No, don't. (laughs) Make sure you never ask. (laughs) Yeah. Amar is a, a man of eclectic behavior and things. Mm. And I can only imagine what, the, what type of song would you pick? Honestly, uh, since given the last podcast, I didn't think of Maya Angelou as my favorite poet. Today would have been a poetry oh, God. slam by <laughs> Maya Angelou. So <laughs> God bless you for not choosing me. <laughs> Why did we open the episode up with there's dust in the air? Wow. What's up, guys? We are more alike than we are unlike, <laughs> my friends. That would be such an awful way. Like, this is such a... Mm, hey, man, yeah. that's, that's why I got the ox cord. This, so, Judah and the Lion, by the way, is a band I saw two nights ago. They opened for the Arkells here in Toronto. Ooh. So, I want to use the word underrated. But I don't, like, I don't want that to offend their success. Because these guys, this song you're listening to right now, 46 million plays. And it should be at 100. Right, it should be at a hundred. This song's so good. I know the Toronto Blue Jays use it as their like, I guess, walk up song at, at times. Cool, so good. And I saw the band perform, and there's so many people. I think when you go to a concert, the opening band, a lot of people just sit and stand and stare. Yeah, they don't wiggle and move because like, well, it's not the headlining band, but this band could have headlined that show. To be honest, no offense to Arkells because they're amazing. That's a great band. Yeah, but Judah and the Lion is big enough that they shouldn't be an opener. Deserves a headline. Yeah, I think, well, and I think they are going on a headlining tour, but they're just, Beautiful. their music is so well done. It's so inspirational. They did, they did a cover of Blink-182 at the show. So Tight already, again, Dan's heart. already I'm kind of biased with it. What would be your walk-up song? If you had a walk-up song, don't worry, mine's not going to be my Angelou. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what would be yours? <laughs> my walk-up song, that's a good question. Uh, a part of me feels like it has to be trending, Mm. And it has to have something to do with, he's going to slam it out of the park. Like something that gives the, the audience. No, you know what it's going to be? This is my song of the summer. It's called I Think I'm Okay by uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Youngblood, and Travis Barker. Okay. It's like, it's not not this. <laughs> this, like, this is a good walk. So this, this is how like, he walks up. Just like slow motion. For a grand slam. <laughs> It's so good, man. And then Travis Barker comes in with the drums. It's like, that's literally how you hit a home run. Just, yeah. Watch me. The, hold on. There's a part. Here's Travis Barker. Listen to just the. It just vibes so nice. Ready? Are you kidding me? That drum? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That, that is a head bobbing song. What about you? Let me let me search um, it on Spotify. No, I honestly they the Blue Jays used this as a promo one time. I've been obs- like re obsessed with the song uh, "Thunderstruck" by oh, ACDC. AC/DC? Like, literally, that's how I'm about to hit seven home runs a night. I, well, oh. this is this is the class. This is like you walk out right now. You're coming out from the dugout. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah, this is good. You're walking out. This is kind of like. And then the crowd goes into it. Yeah. Oh, true. I'm getting goosebumps again. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weekly thing, man. 
You know, you just take a couple of practice 100. swings. Next up, we got a And then just go. Oh. And then the pitcher's, yeah. like, pitcher's looking into this now, and there's but a whole seat. This is like, though, every... Oh, that's this, a home run right this there. This song's like every underdog movie. Like, when the underdog team's coming yeah. out, there's, like, dust. And, like, come on, guys, we can do it. But, Billy, we were working at the sh- like oh. Shopper's Drug Mart yesterday. It doesn't matter. Believe in yourself. <laughs> and then, like, a slow walkout, slow motion. One guy, like, trips. One guy, Crazy. like, sneezes. Whatever. It's so funny. So the Blue Jays used this as a promo for, like, three summers ago. And on every, like, beat of the thunder... It's like another home run. And it was the greatest. Oh, oh, that would be badass. Do we get in trouble for using this music? No. Uh, yeah, hey, yeah. guys, if you're listening, don't rat us out. Because <laughs> we have fun with it. Please. Uh, plus, we give credit. Like, honestly, that was ACDC. You may have never heard of them before. They're yeah. an up-and-coming band. <laughs> Thunderstruck. I think it's fair use. I think, well, because we're giving them positive, like, attention, right? Like, yeah. Judy and the Lion, check them out. You will actually like that band. Like yeah. From what you heard, take it all back. It's just, oh, it makes me want to cry, but like cry, but uh, lifting weights. And mm. I take it all back, take it, you know? Yeah, like you just, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, anyways, our last episode, personally, one of my favorite ones. Yes. And I say that because we got pretty in depth with a thought process that could really strike home with a lot of people. Mm. Strike home, does it make sense? Home run? No, it, <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, trying to sh- not make eye contact right now. <laughs> <laughs> guys, he I'm actually like is. He's I'm like, like looking at the table, picking things off the table, not looking at me. I'm like, come on, Amar. Like, you know what I mean, right? Don't Baseball? Give him, don't give him attention. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the last one, we really hit something there. Yeah. You know, like it was, we, I don't know. And maybe this episode will be the same. Can't wait. Uh, today, we really want to talk about, I guess, like perspective, mm-hmm. having different perspectives. Um, I think different perspectives, but, and I don't mean to just jump into it, but on that topic, I think the difference of perspectives is yeah. what is the root of a lot of problems. Like, go on. Whoa. We'll get there. Man. I don't mean just to drop that. <laughs> no. He's like, he's like, we won't get into it. But, uh. <laughs> no, we won't get into it, but we will later. <laughs> but here's the most thought-provoking thing of the century. Okay, well, no, what else, what, else, what else is on the agenda? Um, how, is it, oh, how was your week? Uh, you know, let's get into it like normal human beings. It's good, man. Like, I find right now I am sort of floating. And this isn't a bad thing. It's not a good thing. I'm sort of floating with, like, what am I doing with my life? I'll have, like, good days and I'll have days where I'm like, oh, I'm so confused. Like, I'm still doing this. Or, like, what's, what's next, you know? Yeah. So I have to take it day by day and stay motivated with it. Yeah. You know? Man, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes taking it day by day like really catches up with me you know like the, you get into those grooves of like taking it day by day and you're like no man like i don't know it just it, the groove catches up to you and you're like no i need to think bigger you know oh i need to think God. more well that's a, listen long-term. that's essentially why this podcast sort of stopped was because i thought no unless we're getting like 20,000 listeners like like which is yeah. a lot okay then i'm like what's what's the point of talking but realistically if there are 10 people out there that are actually sitting and listening to us talk. Let's like, you can picture yeah. 10 people sitting here. It, it, it would be, it would be like, whoa, okay. This room's starting to fill up. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Like, yeah. But by the way, we've talked so much about, we've talked a few times about this topic and we always use like the number 20. And I just want to clarify 
though numbers don't matter, we don't have 20 listeners. Well, we have so more. Shout outs to you. Let's also clarify we have more than 20. <laughs> shout outs to you. We see you in the Netherlands. <laughs> and we see you in the East, you know, East Coast, Canada. Loves us. Uh, well, like, one one um, person. Hottest mark. <laughs> East Coast, Canada. No way. LA, New York, obviously. But, you know, there. I love the obscure places. Like, Oh, that's one of my favorite things to do is looking at stats yeah. of like your creative content. Even my my, my YouTube channel, yeah. I have three views in North Korea. That's amazing. How do you do that? YouTube, <laughs> yeah. versus, like, I don't think internet exists in North Korea. I know YouTube isn't a thing in China and I've got 13 views in China. Yeah. Someone is really going against the government. Like so, so, to they're like going to the government to it. learn magic tricks, man. Yeah, like man. Seven simple magic tricks with household items. <laughs> There's like the the guy in North Korea. What's his name? Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. He's like he's there doing like a little match trick to his buddies. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. check this out. Yeah, I learned yeah, this yeah, with democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, every time I look at it, I'm like, wow. Like, first off, how does it even track it? I didn't think there was IP address. Yeah, because that. if there were three people that had access to the internet in North Korea. It's going to be him, man. <laughs> or at least he's going to know about it. His wife and his right-hand man, and that's it. <laughs> They're the only ones allowed to watch my videos. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, so it, that's, a, well, that's a perspective. That's a cool perspective right there. It's like, yeah, you know, imagine, actually, let's use the, the number 20, all right? We've been using it so much. Um, imagine trying to organize 20 of your friends to come to your place and to hear you just riff on different topics. Oh man, wouldn't happen. Different thing. It's so hard to organize. And once you do organize it, it's literally one of like the best feelings. Like 20 oh, people my, oh, well, went out of their way. Well, so I don't even really have 20 friends. Let's be honest. Like, okay. like cl close, close friends, people that you would call up to hang out with. I don't think there's yeah. 20, but there's one thing that when I, I've got like a group of guys and, um, our group chat's called uh, the Booty Eaters of America. <laughs> and by, yeah. let me tell you, when I'm in public and I get a notification that yeah, comes yeah, up and yeah. says the Booty Eaters of America, <laughs> they think I'm a part of like some sort of rehab clinic for eating ass. Oh my God, that's amazing. So anytime that we get together, I love it. Or if we can somehow form uh, a night where we all play the same game on the computer. Yeah. My favorite. They know it's my favorite, but they, they're all into different things. Some of them have girlfriends and they're distracted with that. So... I know what you mean. Like, if you can organize it and have people in one place, it's hard to do. Yeah. And what we're doing now, we're talking, and you at home are listening, or you're in the car listening. That's cool, man. That's cool. And like, it, I can't thank you guys enough, uh, guys and girls. Well, we know because we can look at the stats, so we know where you're listening from. So yeah, thank you. God bless. Honestly, stuff that wouldn't be possible unless it was 2019. Seriously, people in North Korea, Netherlands. They're listening to this podcast getting fulfilled and be like, yeah, screw that. I'm going against the government. It's like, Wait, no. if you in Somalia, I think. No way. Yeah, man. Wow. You know? We also have to remember that we're, we're this podcast is in English. I mean, we don't have to remember that because we know that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, the, there's a lot of the world that does not speak English. Yeah. So we're only hitting them. Anyways, basically what we're trying to say is it's very cool if you turn this into a perspective that the numbers are each a beating heart, a breathing lung, a... Th thinking a head a person man you are someone that has value and you're listening to us it's cool and we value you it's cool we appreciate you perspective listen perspective what back to my deep thought before yeah perspective what was it again <laughs> is a mindset no yeah oh, oh no perspective is the root of all problem not all problem but all most fights okay we have a fight and it's about a situation that just went down 
Okay, mm. I, I put a chair down on the floor. You're like, don't scratch the floor, whatever. It's all about perspective because for me, I see it in one way. And this way didn't cause any reaction in me. But this way caused something in you because you saw it from a different angle. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And, and that's how we're like both blaming each other for, no, man, I'm like, I didn't make the mistake here. You did. You know, because like sometimes we get so convinced that we are right because what we saw is what we saw and we're right. But we saw it through the lens of the perspective that we have. Yeah. Right? Or, or we we don't see a problem there or like we exactly. didn't, we didn't mean for any bad intention. So let me give this perspective. Um, when I'm in like a relationship or at least before, not anymore, by the way, when I was in a relationship before I, whenever there was a problem with my girlfriend, yeah, I thought, okay, let's make her laugh. Let's, I'll take her to a movie. Mm. Let's, uh, how about we go out and enjoy dinner? I'll buy you dinner, whatever. Something positive. I'll try to do some, make her laugh. I've learned over the few years that that's not what everyone needs. Like, and that's a perspective thing. That's huge. And my perspective was, no, who doesn't want to laugh? Who in a time of sadness does not want to laugh? It's going to make you feel better. And I think that's what everyone needs. I've learned recently that some people need to feel that way. They need to feel sad and they don't want to laugh in that moment. In fact, that can make them emotional in a weird way. And that is a big perspective I've learned that your perspective or not even that, like just the way you analyze situations was created in, I think the way you were born, the way you dealt with things, the way your parents helped you deal with things growing up. But your experience in this day and age, if you and I were to look at a controversial tape or, uh, anything controversial, we might have a different opinion on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that uh, we said about, and I think actually a lot of guys go through this where we suck at this as well. Man, I'm just like digging on guys every podcast. Well, because guys can be creepy ass. Yeah, and it's only people I can make fun of. Well, because I mean, we are guys. Yeah. So, 100%. You know? No, it's better to do that. <laughs> yeah. Pick on our you know own girls When I did YouTube videos, yeah. I never, on topics of like girl or guy, I always said, or I always profiled the woman to be in a higher perspective. So I did. Because they are shout outs to uh, 10 things that women are better at than guys. Yeah. And these are 10 things that I feel personally that they're better. Yeah. Um, I give, and we do this all the time. And I don't want to make it seem like we're kissing ass, but to be a woman or a girl, a woman, there it is, in 2019. Yeah. Oh, shout out to you for using girl now. You used to like pick on me for always saying girl. Oh my <laughs> this God. girl, this girl, that girl. Well, hold on. And now you're like all girls. No, no, no. <laughs> no woman. The way I picked on you was you would call like a 90 year old woman a girl. So you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to see this girl. And, and I'm assuming, are, girls. all right, man, going to see this girl right on. <laughs> But you're like, no, no, she's like 90. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, let's maybe call her like, I don't know, elder, lady, lady, lady. And madam. Anyways, Anyways yeah, back, back to it. Um, oh, my train of thought, man. <laughs> no, no, you're about? saying you're not kissing ass. Oh, we're uh, not kissing yeah. Like, yeah, in 2019, not, not that it's harder now, but like I'm starting to realize based off of movements and stuff, how difficult it is. Like yes. with, the, with the glass ceiling... I'm not going to say I was naive to it before. I knew it was obviously there, but I didn't know the the standard or the degree that it is. Mm-hmm. The, the the pay inequality, the just the stuff like look at professional sports. And I thought about Ooh. this. Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship. 8%, I think it was 8% of Canada's population came out to that parade. If this was women's basketball, yeah. 
and this isn't me saying this. This is me trying to be on the side. Like, if this was women's basketball, they would have a parade. Not even, maybe not even a parade. It would be a set event, maybe at like mm-hmm. uh, Nathan Phillips Square that would have like inflatables and stuff. It wouldn't be as serious, which sucks because look at soccer. Yeah, the women's soccer team is freaking killing it, and they're the ones that are getting us to the World Cup. The yeah. men's can't get it done. I think we're ranked 100 in men's, but women. We, we are have one of the, the best, best players in the world. So it's like, yeah. we need to celebrate people that are also impacting us anyways. And I just think... No, man. Through and through, women have it harder than men. Now, on They're, the flip side. Yeah. Sorry. Let's, no, flip it. On the flip side of things. Yeah. Uh, men also have it hard in situ- situations. Many. Being that we cannot get emotional. And I know people listening be like, well, you can't. Just do it. Just trust yourself. Don't listen. No. Yeah, Let's that, be that's, real. That's here. the same BS excuse yeah. that you know you could tell someone unfairly to a woman of like, exactly. Well, no, you could just get a job. Yeah, no, bro, it's harder. Exactly. There, there's society standards that are. Yes. It feels like you're going against the grain. As a guy, to to get emotional, to cry, to say I need help, like there are these sort of stigma that comes with it of being judged. Like, oh my god, did you see he cried? Like, we don't we don't forget that he cried. Like that becomes yeah. a part of you. Oh, I remember that guy. Was that the guy that cried at that? Yeah, it's it becomes a thing, and so it sucks because I I classify myself as an emotional guy, not in one that cries, but as an emotional that is in tune with my emotions. That whenever I do something emotional, yeah. maybe an art piece or something, it's often criticized with like, "Oh, this is weird. What are you, is everything okay, Dan? Like, you know, like, yeah, everything's fine. It's just I want to be emotional. Yeah, and that's one thing that guys do have it harder with. And I think yeah, there's more suicides amongst men. Partially because I think there's a big stigma in us going to see a therapist. Yeah. So, so not only can we not be emotional as much as women or uh, put out our emotions, but we're also taught from a young age to suppress it as well. Right. So it's like sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just hard to even put out our emotions to the world. And it's sometimes it's so much even harder to just be even self-aware of those feelings, of those emotions. So for a lot of guys, I don't know, I was reading some uh, research or whatever. It was, it's not just that we can't open up. It's we don't even have the tools to be able to open up. We don't even have, like at a young age, we don't even have the emotional tools of how to deal mm. with, with pain. That, you know, some, there are literally a lot of 40, 50 year old guys men that straight up don't know how to deal with shit. They don't know oh how to God, deal man. with emotions, 100%. 100%. Uh, mental uh, breakdowns and stuff. And they just go for suicide. You know, they just go for something extreme just because they don't know how to deal with it. They don't have the tools to be able to, to deal with it. So not only can we not. Well, I, yeah. When you're, when you're dealing with a, a mental beast or a monster, sometimes the trick that it, your mind plays on you is that this is infinite. This will be the new norm. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people go down the route of such a tragic thing. But yeah, with, with guys, when you're a kid, Oh, toughen up. Oh, it's okay. Brush it off. You're all kiss it better. Whatever. Just bottles up. Yeah. It, it bottles up. I know a lot of people and I could sense it amongst people that are like, you would benefit huge. And this isn't me trying to self like diagnose people but you'd benefit huge by going to talk to someone. Mm. And there's this 
this weird conception that when you go to talk to someone that you lie on a couch and they're just like all serious and like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Like what's going on in that head of yours? Talking down, yeah. Here's some medicine for you. It's not that. Like coming from a guy that that goes to like a therapist whenever I need it, it's you, you sit in a room and there's they're like your friend. Like they're just like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. weird. Why do you feel like that? Well, did you know that this and this and that? And it just, it, it helps you with your perspective because we are talking about perspective. And I think what gets you into a, a state of depression, if it's not a chemical imbalance, is a perspective that is so skewed and that, that is so comfortable in your head that you're like, this is how it is. This is an assumption that you've made that you, your brain has turned into a concrete fact. Yeah, that this is infinite, that this will not get better, that this is the spiral downwards. Mm. So perspective is everywhere. Yeah. Every, I could make an art piece, okay? Um, I'm just looking around my studio now to see if there's any. I can make an art piece that is all, most of my art pieces are about perspective. Yeah. You can look at a lot of the stuff that I create. If you go on Instagram and you search the hashtag Danocracy art, you look at the art and you can look at it as most of the time two ways. You can look at it as, oh, this is kind of cool. Or you can look at it as what it actually means. Yeah. What weight does every item in this photo have? Um, and I don't mean to like always go back to like my own art, like, oh, I'm the best and all that. It's yeah. not that. It just fits here. There was one I did of a headset and it just, it was a headset that said Houston. And I got some DMs from people saying, oh, that's so cool. I love it. Like Houston's great. I'm like, you realize that this isn't like necessarily the happiest piece of art right like there's there's a lot of there's a deeper meaning to it and i don't know art art is like the epitome of perspective you go to an art museum and you're one of the people that are like i could do this or what does it mean but it's a perspective that you need to get into to understand that piece and i hope that didn't sound like a pompous art guy like you just don't understand (laughs) it (laughs) and yeah and that's the thing a lot of this stuff could come off very fluffy but there's so many like practical actual applications to it you know just Take 30 minutes out of your day to just change perspective, change how you see things. Because sometimes we see things so many times that that they just are. You know, uh, I, my, my little nephew, the other day, uh, we saw this like uh, General Motors car that was getting assembled, right? So it was like a video of this car, but the video was being shown on the car itself being oh, assembled. Okay. So it was really cool. Um, and my nephew had, like, the greatest smile in the world because this car was being built in front. You know what? Here, I'll take a simpler one. The other day, me and my nephew went on a bus for the first time. He's never been on a bus. Yeah. He was so happy. Yeah. He yeah. was on a bus. He was just like... Just, like in the first. Yeah. He was so ecstatic. He literally couldn't say the word... Couldn't stop saying the word bus. He's like, bus, bus. Like, he's literally on a freaking bus right and he was so happy and i'm not saying you should do that with buses because that's weird if you do it in public transportation but take that perspective of you know the first time i don't know i'm not no no no, you're really honest with me here it's that in that sense that's a perspective of a first time yeah and any first time is like a really big deal because it's like well we don't know what's going to happen and it turned out great and it was so fun i've heard about this i thought about this I, I was at my house yesterday. I was looking around and I'm like, let's just try sitting here and being super grateful for what I have. Because yes. a lot of us, we have it and then we're like on to the next one. The grass is always greener. We need more. We got to have bigger. We got to have more, stronger, yeah. whatever. So I sat there and I remember I looked at Charlie and I just stared at Charlie. <laughs> I often stare at Charlie because he's a freaking lovely guy. 
And so I just stared at him. I was like, man, I'm so happy I've got this dog. I'm so happy yeah. I've got, I can afford this dog. I can afford to keep him. Uh, I have the time, the schedule to have fun and spend time with him. And I, I sat there thinking, okay, great. Now, I, now Charlie's like the best thing I have. Yeah. Then I looked at my house and I'm like, you know, I've been to people's houses where it's, in my opinion, maybe not as nice yeah. or not as clean or the amenities might be super old and they don't work. And I'm sitting in this nice condo. Everything works. I own it. And I sat there thinking, okay, I have a car. You know, like yeah. going through the, the motions of it. And by the end of it, you do feel like okay with your life. Yeah. Because I know for me, I've been stressing out like, I need this. I got to have more of this and this and then I'm like, stop and smell the roses. I have not used that term in probably like 15 years. Wow. But like if you you're all down out there, <laughs> yeah. not, not that you're 37 or so. <laughs> but if you stop and smell the roses, right? Yeah. And you enjoy what you have for even like an hour. It's pretty wild how it can start to slow down time a bit and you can accept, okay, yeah, I'm man. fine. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. No, I, I do this exercise all the time. I actually love it. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just a good practical way to really change perspective. Sometimes even like, you know, those like shower fights that you have with yourself, I think are so fun. Oh my! God. You know, because it's literally <laughs> you putting yourself in two different perspectives, yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting yourself. 100%. Like you're like, you know, I'm like, okay, if I was my best friend, this is what he would say. Yeah, yeah. And then this is what I would say back and I'm going to win the argument. It's going like, to be in slow I, motion. Yeah. And, and like you put yourself in another person's perspective. Sometimes like people watching or whatever. And like, you could just like imagine what a slice of their life could be just changing the perspective from yourself to someone else's. You know, it's also hard is that you can't always change perspective. Perspective in some people is so deep rooted that it's almost like in the territory of religion. Yeah. Where that's, or, or personality, like it lies there. Like you think of why two people can't be together. Yeah. Perspective, man. Like you guys just don't see the world the same. You guys don't see each other the same. But you see, I, I'm on the I'm on the fence about that because I think you can change someone's perspective. And more times than not, you actually can change someone's perspective. If you work hard enough at it, if you work smart enough about it, if it's worth it enough for you. Like, I don't know. I, if, if you, so, if you work hard at it and, yeah. and you want it to happen, sure. The problem lies in them. You, I don't think you can change someone's perspective if... They don't want it to change. Like, yeah, like, okay, religion in a way can yeah. be viewed as a perspective of the afterlife, of the great beyond, right? Of course. In a way, it could be categorized as a perspective of our being. Yeah. So you can't just go and say, I really want someone to believe in this God or, the, or no God. Yes. And so I'm going to sit them down and I'm going to pump them full of scientific facts. That doesn't matter to a religious person. Science doesn't matter to yeah. a religious person because it's who they are and it's not yeah. your job to sit there and say, it doesn't exist because this or that, right? So perspective can change in a sense of like, hey man, you actually have it pretty good. You have a laptop, you've got like a bag full of weird ass things that for some reason I always need something from there. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Sorry. It's literally my only superpower. <laughs> you know, in that surface level type of perspective, you can change it. But with deeper rooted things of how people... So watch this. Watch this. Okay. It, mm -hmm. gonna, uh, you know what? I'm going to... Uh, because of last week, I'm going to pick the uh, pride movement. Sure. Right? 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30, 50 years ago, that is as deep rooted as it gets. That no 
two people of the same sex can be together, right? That okay. is deep rooted. In fact, 15 years ago, every song in hip hop and uh, in whatever would talk about, you know, would talk about homophobic things, right? Very deep rooted in that culture. And I think now, even like a, just a short 10, 15 years later, um, just the language you're using, like us as kids, we had no problem making derogatory things about, you know. Oh, uh, saying, uh, saying like that's gay. Saying, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, so, that's gay, so gay. That's so gay, yeah, yeah. But, and, and that's just perspective. And it was so deep rooted because a lot of people actually cannot get their head around two people of the same sex being together and, you know, to to each his own. But I really respect the Pride movement for really changing that. And they did it very simply, just out of love, out of good old positivity and making the problem not as big as it really is. And I remember the first thing I heard that really changed my whole outlook on this was I think in grade seven or eight, they're like, well, you know, one in 10 people are, are gay. That's what we heard when, mm-hmm. when we were like grade eight, grade nine, right? And in the beginning, we were like making jokes because again, it wasn't, it wasn't that normal yeah, at the yeah. time. And we're like, oh, which one of our friends is gay? And right, like we'd go like that. But then <laughs> you start to realize in, in the pride movement, one of the greatest things they did was that, which is like, yo, it's just normal. It's just normal that some people, you know, like guys. Well, or, yeah, and that's not the only thing in the in the pride movement. I gotta say. No, so but. here's just to play devil's advocate with it. Okay, yeah. I would say that the people that were uncool with it 30 years ago are just as uncool with it now, but they're getting more resistance from the new age people. So I don't know if it's necessarily a perspective change rather than a belief aging. Mm. So I think like. Because let's be honest, grandparents that are that were against that were homophobic before are just as homophobic now. I I I think it's yes. There's probably some people that have switched over, but I would say a lot of people that were against it because it's it rooted as being a, through yeah. their either religion or, or they were raised that way. A lot of people that were uncool with it then are just as uncool with it now. But you have companies, and this is also I know a frustration that lies in that community that you have companies in this month coming out saying, hey, we're celebrating pride. And (laughs) they don't do anything other times of the year. So it's almost like they're saving face in this time to make themselves look good. Oh, yeah. Or even worse, buy a rainbow T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. (laughs) No, that's exactly what, what pisses off. Yeah. That community is that you have people saying like, hey, we're here to accept you only this month yeah. because it makes us look good. And you should really buy a rainbow-colored water bottle. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree in a sense that it has come a long way because of things like Pride, yeah, Pride Month, and companies stepping up. But I wouldn't say a lot of people's perspectives have really changed, more that they want to go with the masses. So, yeah, yeah so the companies are saying it's okay. Some of their really friends are saying it's okay. So now they're like, Okay, it's okay. But deep down, do you really think that they still think it's okay? I don't know. So I think I was one of the kids. I'll just open up now. I was one of the kids that my life shouldn't have headed towards me being okay with the pride movement. Right? Based off of how you were raised? Yeah, just based off like, uh, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't, my parents never like talked shit about 
the pride movement or anything actually one of like the first things they did in toronto was go to the pride parade um your parents yeah and they just came from like iraq and yemen in like the middle east and they're like what is all this but like that you know that that's the part of toronto they really wanted to embrace and i think it is a big part of the toronto culture is to go to the pride parade um and then i like dug up all their condoms that they got for free <laughs> as <laughs> like traumatized as you. like an eight-year-old then you're like what the hell and i'm just putting it in random things to see like what could this fit? <laughs> and then I realized, oh like, God. when I was, like, five years later, 13. <laughs> what it's actually for. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, but, well, yeah, so, I, though there are still people with the perspective of, like, I hate everyone who is gay, I think there is a lot more people, because of the Pride movement, that are, are some of them are okay with it, some of them support it, some of them are allies of it. Some of them are just like, yes, yeah, c'est la vie, bro, whatever. To mm. you, to each his own, you know? Um, though yeah. some perspectives don't change, I think a lot of people have. I don't know if I would give credit to the Pride Parade as as much as I'd give credit to artists, musical artists that are coming out and still making great music. Or even what, they, what I love is when an artist does not reveal their sexuality because it doesn't matter like i know sean mendez was always being asked are you gay are you gay and he was yeah. just like it's not it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what i love is when an artist creates this great music you have people that love it then they come out and say hey i've been so i've been gay all along and yeah. you have those people that were not cool then they're like uh oh, oh, what do i do now like I, i've been so vocal about loving their music and now they're gay. like what? yeah they, they have this internal struggle and it's like nothing has changed about them other than yeah your perspective on them as a person because a lot of people are scared that like if you're around a gay person then all of a sudden they're just gonna turn you gay like it's contagious or <laughs> yeah. some shit you know like the, the, yeah. there's i think the, these like witchcrafty type of thinking doesn't thrive as much in this day and age yeah you know so with the the hocus pocus that was once around homosexuality i don't know if it's there any or it's not there as much because we think we all sort of know someone that's gay and we know that they're like us. Yeah, and they're normal, and that's... They're a human, man. Like, there's literally no difference other than their, their sexual preference. Yeah. And, and that, for me, by the way, that transitions into one of the core reasons I really am into the whole pride movement is because it reminds me of all the other movements that I really care about. You know, like, for me, uh, I'm Arabic, and we kind of go through the same, the same shit uh, of, like, you know, a lot of people in America have, let's say... Uh, never met an Arab and their only exposure to Arabs are through the news. And most of the time it's negative news, like 99% of the time. Um, and so they just think Arabs are this like bad person type of person, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but but, yeah. but what I'm trying to say is the pride movement is kind of like what Arabs would love to do. For me, I love to let people around the world know that Arabs are just normal people. Just like how the Pride the Pride movement um, just says, yo, we're just normal people. We're all, you know, one in 10 of us, uh, one in 10 of us are gay or whatever. And we're just like you. We're just normal people. We just happen to like different things, right? And for right. us as Arabs, it's the same thing. We're just normal people. And the majority of us are just normal people like you and I. But the the problem isn't with perspective. The problem I think the problem in, is is people just haven't met enough Arabs. Like yeah, in America, yeah, the inexperienced yeah. or miseducated. Exactly, lack lack of experience. 
is what's what's causing a lot of these stereotypes to thrive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lack of experience. I've never met an Arrow, but I've seen that on South Park. They make fun of it. And I've seen on, yeah, the media, which one thing I will give Donald Trump credit for, and this is probably the only thing, is he has held the media accountable for yeah. their, like, their, their bullshit. Because there is a lot of fake news. There's a lot of embellished news out there. And he's made fake news a thing. And he's now putting pressure saying... That's fake. That's not a lot. So it's now making the pe- people question what you're seeing on the news. Is that always real? Always real. And no, it never has been. You, you realize these news outlets will have sponsors behind the scenes. They'll have a political view yeah. also as well. So you have to understand you might be seeing something skewed. So you can't even believe the news anymore. Yeah. So, so uh, I was really like reading research or whatever. And it was like 1% of Americans are Arab or Muslim. And I think... Three to no five to ten percent of Americans know an Arab or a Muslim. So ninety percent of people in America don't actually know an Arab or a Muslim. So their experience literally cannot be with based on fact. Yeah, like you you know yeah. in your life you have Arabic people that you know and you know they're not shooting up everything that they see. You know they're just normal people, you know they're just regular, schmegular people. Mm-hmm. And so in your experience, you're all cool with them, right? But for the 90% who, it's not their fault that they haven't met an Arab, right? So I'm not blaming anyone here. It's just these are the circumstances. Just 90% of them don't have, uh, uh, are not as privileged to have that outlook of Arabs are just normal people. I don't know. So that's how I equate it to the pride movement. Um, Yeah. Weird. There was one thing we talked about before this podcast uh, started. It was ma- uh, macro and mic- micro, macro. Yes, Do that. macro and micro happiness. So th- this is, again, all about perspective. But, you know, a lot of times we can say we're unhappy. You know, you're just walking. <laughs> there, remember, I don't know if you've ever had those days. Have you ever had those days when, like, you literally wake up and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is just, like, a just good old F-bomb? Oh, <laughs> you just think that you woke yeah. up. Like, <laughs> you just get up and you're just like, <sighs> you know, like I've I've woken up so many times and I'm like, shit. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Right, I've been there, absolutely. And you know, you can sometimes just taking that step back and really seeing where that unhappiness is because there's something co- there's a there's this I guess a theme, topic there's this topic called micro happiness versus macro happiness. So micro isn't the micro, you know, you're just, it's your day-to-day type of happiness. You know, it's, uh, I went out with my friends today, I am happy, right? And then there's macro happiness, which is like more long-term, general type of happiness over your whole life. That's micro. That's macro. Well, macro would be even tighter. No, 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 macro, I I know you're thinking macro lens, which is like a zoom in, Yeah. uh, which is so weird, but macro just means... Long, like more long gotcha. term. Okay, so for an example, out, more zoomed out. For an example, I have a day where I'm going to hang out with my friends later today. I feel a sense of happiness. That's micro. Happiness. That's micro. Uh, but then I have, oh, I might get this consistent job at yeah. doing a podcast. That would be macro. Macro happiness. Exactly. Okay, because that lasts as a longer term thing. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're talking about micro is a lot of times just dictated by by your uh, by your mood, by your situation at the time. Your environment. Your environment. Yeah. 
right? 100%. And then macro is actually how you and the world kind of live together almost, right? Like where you want to be in the world and... mm. No, 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 stay with it. That makes sense. So where you are in the world and what the world is kind of doing for you. Right. Right? So... Uh, so th- there's a sense of balancing for either of those. So yeah. mac micro. So the one that is consistent on your environment, hundred percent. And people need to realize that you can have a bad day, and it doesn't mean you have to have a bad week or you have a bad life. Yes, I'm one hundred percent guilty of this, where I will have a bad two or three days, and I think now this is sort of what life is now. Yeah, I, it's it's awful, whatever, but. I think that falls into taking things into perspective of this is great. Yeah. This is actually fun because this podcast, for example, it came to sort of a stop because macro wise, the long term, I felt, I don't know if I have enough time for this. Yeah. Uh, Micro felt uh, like every Monday we got to do this. And what if it doesn't work out? And I don't know. I've changed perspective. So now that I've, I've viewed this in a, microwave every time that we have this podcast it's going to be fun let's just chat yeah in this moment now let's chat let's not worry about the podcast tomorrow the next one let's not worry one two weeks from now right now what are we talking about yeah have fun with it uh because when i start to get expectations or deadlines coming up or the pressure of oh we have to keep doing this podcast every monday if we miss one then we're done you will you'll yeah you'll have a tough time with it yeah. Because because you have the pressure. Pressure is so freaking... Unreal. It, it can change everything. Like yeah. YouTube, the only reason why YouTube has become a job officially in my brain, I've labeled it now as a job, which mm. it can be sad in some senses and it can be expected in others. It's because I've, I've created pressures. I've told myself, if I do not create two videos a week, I become irrelevant. What's the point? Yeah. I've got I've got a mortgage to pay now. If I don't create two videos a week, I won't be able to afford the house. So now I've got other reasons for doing YouTube than what was originally there, yeah. which was, I love to do this. It's passion. Now it's, I have to do this because I have to pay for my house. Yeah. And when you add, when those things seep in, your drive kind of goes out the window, you know? And so one of the tactics for, for this whole micro happiness and macro happiness is to not just look at macro or micro is to have a balanced approach of both, right? Like it's all good. If you think of YouTube as a job, it's all good. And it's also all good to think of it as a passion. And a lot of times we try to separate it and sometimes it's smart to separate it, but other times it's good to just kind of take a balanced approach of both. And the balance isn't meeting in the middle. The balance isn't you know what, let, let me make it something between a job and between a passion. But sometimes the balance is being at both ends, at both extreme ends at the same time and going all out. Going all out on making it a job, but also going all out on making something that you love and you're passionate about. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but a, well, lot of, a lot of times people try to find balance by coming to the middle. Right. right, right. Okay, I see. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it, let's say in conversation, we're having this conversation, right? The balanced approach is to, you know, I'm doing too much talking. I'm going to talk less or I'm doing too much listening. I should say something, right? But the real balance doesn't come at meeting in the middle. 
it comes at being the best talker and also the best listener. Oh, okay. And so then now I see what you're saying. The th- the, I think the term balance in general. Oh, you have more to say? Yeah. No, oh, no, no, no. I think, well, the, the term balance, we often picture a scale. Yeah. And we picture, okay, to balance something, we have to provide energy on both sides that are equal. Yeah. And then we'll have balance. You're 100% right. Balance doesn't always necessarily going to feel equal. Yeah. Uh, look at relationships. Yes, relationships are 50-50 in a wanting to be their idea. But a balance, you know, you, you could be extroverted and date an introvert. And that whole conversation thing won't work because introverts usually like to listen. Yeah. I've got friends that will come out with us and have the best time and they won't really say much. And to them, that's okay because that's what they want. For sure. So, and for me, I go out and it's like, I want to like make people laugh and joke. And that's me having a great time. So our opinion on what it is or our balance would yeah, be yeah, the yeah. same because if I were to have a conversation with him, I'd be talking the whole time. He'd be laughing and that's what he's comfortable with and that's what I'm comfortable with. So that's balance. You're totally right. But it seems like the scales have been tipped. No, you're talking too much and he's listening too much. That's okay. Yeah. The, the whole world, man, like, like in a very blanket statement, a lot of our problems lie in, in trying to fit in with what we have created as normal. Yes. In our head, right? So for an example, if ever I go through a hard time, like, like getting over a relationship, for an example, for so long, I would hold in those feelings. I don't have many friends I can open up to about these type of topics, right? So anytime I wanted to talk about it, I tried recently. I was like, let's turn on the camera. I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. Let's turn on the camera and we're going to do this thing, okay? I'm going to, for as long as it takes, be sympathetic, complain, why? Talk about my feelings. Oh, if only this and I wish and I want and I miss. Do that. And when you feel you're satisfied and you got all that out, switch to your coaching side and say, talk to yourself in a future sense. Listen, this is why. This is why it couldn't. This is why it won't. And in those moments, I've now realized not only do I have footage to look back on, I'm giving myself a pep talk from me and I'm getting both sides out. Crazy. It's pretty, yeah. And this is something I realized isn't a normal thing. If you were to come in my house and God forbid we switch memory cards and you get to see all of this footage, super personal, by the way, because you're talking about a relationship or you're talking about some hardship. Uh, you would think, or I would assume you're like, oh my God, this guy's so weird. He's talking to a camera. He's talking to himself in a different, in like a past tense or a yeah. pretense. That's bizarre. But I've realized, screw that. I've seen it help me get things off my chest then and there in the moment. And it works. Yeah, man. It's the diary of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, Pretty really much. works. Because people think, oh, if you're talking to yourself or if you do this sort of split personality idea, you yeah. might develop bipolar. Or maybe you'll be schiz- like the the whole mental health community, or not community. The whole me- idea of mental health has been so misconstrued for so long that it's kind of like like going back briefly to like homosexuality. It's kind of very misunderstood in the sense that you think you can catch it. Yeah, like if you're around someone depressed, that all of a sudden your chemicals in your brain will yeah, become yeah, imbalanced, yeah. or that or that if you experience a symptom of it for twenty minutes. Oh. then that means that's a diagnosis. You know what I mean? Like like by going on video and, you know, putting on these two different perspectives, right? Yeah, someone could easily see, be like, 
oh, that he's got split personality. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. But that's just 20 minutes of me being super self-aware yeah. and super helpful for myself. Right. So well, that that's exactly it. I think we've seen movies of things spiraling out and they started somewhere. Yeah. And that's exactly it. This, we convince ourselves, maybe we are self-diagnosing of, oh, I must have this because I'm doing the, the one symptom. The worst is when someone's sad, like having a bad micro day. Yeah. Okay. So a, da- a bad day. And they're like, I'm depressed. Today I'm depressed. I don't think you're depressed for a day. Yeah. Depression is a, is like a hell of a beast that is there. It's a cloud. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a lifestyle for, for some, for a long time. It's not, it comes for a day or you didn't get the job. So you're depressed. Yeah. One side of me hates when people say that. Cause I'm like, yeah. it's so insensitive to those that are actually feeling the effects of depression. Of course. And then there's a side of me that's sympathetic and like, they don't, they don't get it. They don't know what it's like. So that's why they're using the term. Yeah. Yeah, like it's legit okay to just be sad and really bothered and on edge for a day, a week, a month. Everybody is, man. Like Like, I was texting a friend yesterday. I I said the same sort of thing. And they were like, wow, to hear that come from you is crazy. I'm like, why? And I think it's because, oh, you subscribe to my personality on Instagram. That is always on the ball and funny. And that's great because that's like my, who I am. Yeah. But like another side of me is someone that, oh yeah, I'll have bad days. Yeah. But but don't you think that's like, <clears throat> that's something like kind of bothers me <clears throat> a lot is how, how a lot of times people get surprised that, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't know you could be that deep or I didn't know you could, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes some, some people look at you and they just literally actually take a slice of your life. And they're like, you know, Dan has got to be the fun. I know we've talked about it before, but Dan's the funny guy. That's it. Uh, you know, and, and he almost doesn't have the right to tell me something deep. Oh, as if, man. As if I don't, you know, uh, ha, you know, go see someone or as if I don't go read books on psychology and how to make yourself better and your life better. As if I don't, you know, Nailed listen it. to m- countless it. hours of making yourself better. You know, I don't know. No, you nailed it with that metaphor of a cake. Here's why. Uh, basically, what I've done is I've taken the piece of cake with the icing on top, the one that everyone sort of wants. Yes. Okay. I have that piece of cake and I'm showing the world this piece of cake. Yeah. This this funny, always seems like he has it figured out. The one that is quick with the, the jokes, never says um, never says like, uh, can always see the positive side of life. Yeah. I'm showing them that. But there's an entire cake, maybe without icing, that might not be as interesting to people. My art, the only reason why in the past, I'd say now one year that I've started posting art is for the exact fact of saying there's more to this cake yeah. than what you've been seeing. There's more to this slice than what you've been consuming. Yeah, right? And it, it comes in the form of, yeah, there's a deeper mind here than just one that likes to laugh at surface level jokes. Yeah, And you, yeah, you nailed it with that by saying people will absorb the one piece and put you in a category of this is what he is. Yeah. And when you're not that, then it's like, oh, am I wrong? I must be wrong. I, I don't want to be wrong either. So I got to fight this. Yeah. No, that's not who he is. He is. I have him under here. This is what he's like, you know? And, and by the way, and I think we almost talked about this last week as well, but like it's that when you show people different slices of your life, 
that's when they become much more attached. Like, let's say your family. Your family is very attached to you because they know many sides of you. Even though they probably only know 25% of you, right? Because there are some things you won't share with them, a lot of things, your own thoughts, your own friends, the conversations you have outside of the family. They might not only they might know only 25% of you, but they probably know you the most, right? So they see all the sizes. They know about your art. They know about your videos. They know about your friends, your family, your relationships, all that. And they are so much more attached to you because let's say you do something bad, they know there's so much more to you, right? But when you give people this slice, when you give people this, let's talk about Instagram. You know, on Instagram, the best way to grow, it's no secret, just pick a niche, as niche as it is, and you're going to be that guy. You're going to be that person who only posts about uh, tiles in coffee shops, Mm -hmm. right? And you'll get lots of followers because it's, if someone is into it, they're going to love it, they're going to subscribe, it's perfect. Or they're going to follow, it's going to be perfect, right? But, by branching out, by showing people more slices of your life. Hey, by the way, I also like drumming. By the way, I also like this and that, you know? You give people more slices and then they start to kind of develop this whole cake and then they say, you know what? Wow, this guy is really cool. Like this guy, I don't know. Damn, man. (laughs) Oh, sorry, wrong one. (laughs) Good one. So niches are good to grow. But for people that actually love you and care about you and are engaged with you, it's all about stepping out of that niche and giving them different places, different more things. to more to work with. Yeah, it's so crazy you say that because for me, whenever a romantic relationship ends for me, it's always the hardest for me. Yeah. A friendship, if a friend comes and goes, I've been there, I've done that, and I can absorb. Okay, that didn't work. But a romantic one is different for me. And it's because exactly what you just said. I found someone that likes more than just the slice I've been showing them. And I've let them in. They've seen an anxious side of me. They've seen an emotional side of me. They've seen a a quiet side of me. And I think there's not going to be someone else that understands. Yeah. And like that's the that's the biggest part is is getting over to that, letting go of someone, even if they're not a good fit for you, letting go of someone that has seen those sides of you and still likes you for it. Because when you get back into a single lifestyle, right? As as I get back into this lifestyle, I start to convince myself of that again. I'm like, no, these people only want me for these joking sides. And I've had people say, no, Dan, like, trust me. Like when you, for an example. Yeah, 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 yeah. If someone comes in here and they're upset, you are going to want to make them feel comfortable. So you're going to want to talk to them, whatever. And, And that's something you enjoy doing. And so I had someone say, uh, there's going to be other people out there that do that for you. That surely they like this, the funny side, but they also want to take care of you. Almost wow. like how I want to take care of someone else, right? Like there are other people out there that do that. Because my biggest fear is I meet someone and they get exposed to the anxious side of me. Someone that's quiet, someone that might be irrational with their thoughts. Uh, and that's going to spook them away. Yeah. Because I know for a fact, like the DMs I get, so many people, uh, and I'll use this term, are like in love with this on the fly, always funny, ready to go. Always guy. on guy. Always on guy. And I'm like, those are the people that I'm the most turned off by. Not not like I hate them or anything, but if they try to ask me out or something, it doesn't fly because I'm like, I'm not that guy. Like yeah. I am. I am that guy, but but you are obsessing or you're fantasizing 
over just that side of me. Yeah. And there's frig, man, that's like 10%. And it's the whole formula of that happiness thing, right? It's like expectation versus or minus reality equals happiness mm-hmm. or the other way around. And it's like if the expectation is I'm this all, always on kind of guy, always, you know, going out, doing different things and just like right. living a vloggable life 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you go out with me and that's not my life. And that's just 10% yeah. of my life. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much more to me. Then you're going to be, it's almost like you're going to be turned off by me. Like I'm almost going to let you down and no one wants to, you know, like, well, there is a sense of like when I meet people, it, here's the thing. If I meet someone in the street that knows me from YouTube yeah. and says, Hey, Dan Ocracy or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that they, they see online. I'll be like, Oh, what's up? Let's get a photo. It's so nice to meet you because that's what the, they are there for in that moment. And yeah. that's fine. That's acceptable. But when it becomes someone that wants to become a part of my life or in my circle, of course. Um, yeah, there's, there's a bigger checklist that goes on and it's not about pumping my tires oh you're so funny or or anything like that it's about someone that is okay with being in a room with me when it's silent without yeah. looking at me as a show monkey you know because like that that's i've i've that's met yeah, people and crazy. they're like is something wrong i'm like no like i'm just like legit not there's no content here like i don't want to be yeah that type of guy oh right you're now. not talking yeah <laughs> what's wrong something's wrong was something wrong with dan i'm like no, literally, I had a great time. But now you're making it seem like I didn't have a good time, so maybe I didn't have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, so, th- I thought I thought when we talked about that thing before, the micro and macro, it was a really interesting concept, and I was I was here for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, quickly as a as like a little thing that goes into also like leadership or something about this whole micro macro thing. You know, a lot of times, like let's say like leaders or CEOs or whatever. You know, a lot of times you could. As a CEO, you should be looking at the long term, right? Like as a leader, you should be looking at the long term of things, right? You're looking out. Um, But you should also look at the day-to-day things as well. So uh, I guess the analogy is always like if you're walking down a sidewalk and you're just watching your every step, right? Just being in the micro, every step you're watching, you'll never trip, but like you won't see the bus that's just about to come through and take you out, Mm -hmm. right? But then also, if you were to look, look, look long term and just, you know, always watch far out, sure, you'll see the bus coming, but you might trip on the sidewalk ah, is what they say. Nailed it with that. Right? So that's the whole micro. Yeah, I got two claps. This guy's good. I got two claps. No, but I think, I think what you've just done there is you've created uh, a concrete way that we can embrace right so there's the the micro looking at your feet you're not gonna see ahead and yeah so there is a balance of looking down so you don't trip but also looking ahead so you don't get hit by the bus yeah respect for saying concrete (laughs) talk about the sidewalks there you go guys um (laughs) that was another podcast yes and the next one we're definitely gonna play some games we need we need some games yeah back in here yeah live it up maybe an interview we'll see uh this is dude and the lion this is suit and jacket that we're ending out on uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and let us know on our social accounts. Yeah. At Danocracy and at Amar Originals. At Amar Originals, two M's in that Amar. There you go. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and enjoy your day or night wherever you are. Love and you, Netherlands. I love you everywhere else. <laughs>